Saul makes big moves, and Carrie and Dante play a flirty spy game. You're watching the Homeland After Buzz show. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. There it goes. I need to learn how to play piano. So Is you can play this Homeland so I can, I can yes. play this. <laughs> Hi, hello everyone. Welcome to Homeland's After Buzz show. My name is Leslie and I am here with... I am Roger Corral and let's get this going. Yeah, um, talking season seven, we're covering two episodes. Episodes six, Species Jump and episode seven, Adante. Adante. That's right. Um, <laughs> so sort of like off the bat, this these two episodes have shifted the season sort of in a new direction from where we started. What do you think about them? I, I like the shift. I feel like, you know, uh, Homeland always wants to cover the politics of the day. And the current politics of the day involve, as we saw, the, uh, the, the, the fake news, the spread of fake news that was happening um, throughout various outlets. And then now it kind of leads towards, like, what might have spawned that. And even if it didn't spawn it, something that correlates with it, which is a whole Russia scandal happening. Yeah, I feel like um, definitely the recurring theme throughout the whole season is... Um, what Saul calls information warfare. <laughs> but these last two episodes were, I feel like, back to being spies. You know, the first few episodes really were politics, the whole situation, um, the standoff and O'Keefe. And now he's been gone. And it really is just like Carrie almost back to season one where she's like playing mind games with Dante and she's unstable herself and Saul sort of cleaning up the mess. I, I, I like that. You're right. It, it is. We're back to spy games, which is which should be the bread and butter of Homeland. Yeah. I, I think it, it the show is at its best when we're doing spy games. And I think Carrie is at her best when she does that. And I think Saul, every, everyone elevates their game when we do what the show is meant to do, which is, you know, we spy, we, we cover CIA missions, and we track down the bad guys that way. Yeah, um, and it's always exciting and interesting when you don't know who the bad guys are, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, damn it, it was Dante, or what maybe, or was it, the whole time. <laughs> um, but... I don't know, and I feel like I say this every single season, but Carrie's a hot mess. <laughs> she is such a hot mess right now. Yeah. I know it's all the time, but I, doesn't it feel like she's way more off the rails now than I, she has I, been in the past? I think she has a knack for making you feel that way, that's for sure. Definitely. She, she, she knows how to press your buttons to frustrate you. Just when you're trying to get aboard the Carrie train, she does something that's just like, Oh, why was I? Why was I ever riding this train with you? <laughs> it happens every season. I, I hate it. Oh my gosh, I completely agree. Um, and again, kudos to Claire Danes who plays, um, who plays Carrie to perfection. Um, even when she's lying and she thinks she's being like flirty and coy, but she's really trying to get information. It's like I can tell this version of Carrie. Like she has tells already. <laughs> and over the years of seeing her, you know, do this game and fail. Sometimes she's successful, but sometimes she fails horribly. You know, you just pick that up. You see the wheels spinning in her yeah. head. You know, you know when the moment is coming. Exactly. Um, all right, so let's back it up. Let's start um, with episode six, Species Jump. So. Uh, a lot of the episode focuses on Simone and her hearing. The episode begins with um, Wellington sort of telling um, the senator to back off. You know, oh, you know, she's just a friend. She doesn't know anything. He is clueless right now. He was like not even, doesn't even realize that he's about to go down. 
And so we see the hearing. Um, Carrie sort of forces her way, even though they told her, you can't. <laughs> um, she goes ahead and watches it and then sort of picks up that, okay, you know, this doesn't feel right. Maybe Simone's lying um, and sort of runs with that story. Yeah, and it's scary. The fact that Wellington, you know, that's the guy that's, li- he's li- he works in the White House. He's he's the chief of staff for the White House. Everything that comes towards the president, he he's the gatekeeper. He's the person mm-hmm. that's there. And the fact that he's unaware that this is happening, not only both in a political realm, but happening in his own life, that is scary. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't blame the guy if he's scared out of his mind after that. Because that, I mean, what do you do after that? That's not only have you put yourself in potential danger you potentially put the president in danger and potentially the country in in this peril it's it's scary he's all like oh my little french girlfriend is so unassuming she doesn't know anything (laughs) and he's just being played completely um and so in the um in the hearing they sort of they ask her you know what do you know? What's your information? And she immediately sort of asks for immunity and they don't even know what information she has, but then she slowly starts releasing nuggets of, oh, it's a government employee. Oh, it's a man. Oh, it's someone in the administration. And it's all signs point to Wellington. And I think it's interesting because, I mean, it makes sense. In the beginning of the season, all signs pointed to him being the main bad guy. And clearly he was the main fall guy, like this whole time yeah and i don't i don't blame them for you know bringing her in and trying to trying to figure out what was happening again i i believe that they found her going to different places to deposit mm-hmm. money i forgot how much it was a hundred thousand at least a hundred thousand in each spot and so that that in itself was suspicious enough to get to the point where we're at the yeah so she was picking up all these spots and you know collecting 50 grand and then but all of this hearing this investigation is carrie's own doing right She's sitting there in the meeting. She runs out. She pulls Dante, and she's just like, this doesn't feel right. This isn't right. Um, because she's been illegally surveilling um, Wellington, <laughs> so she knows that he doesn't have anything to do with this. Um, but this was all in her own making. Like, she orchestrated this whole thing. And so now, if it's wrong, it really does fall on her. So that's why later when she goes to Saul, which, by the way, yay, Carrie and Saul back together. <laughs> yay. Um, he kind of is just like, well, you know, Carrie, what'd you do? Yeah, I, I like again the show when 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 it when it focuses on the politics of the day and when it goes towards a spy mode situation, it's it's beautiful. It's a great show when it does that. Uh, the the current situation that they're having with uh, with the wife or with the girlfriend, it's very reminiscent of what's happening in the current administration where you have all these high level officials and they're trying to get immunity to see if they could get more information to proceed forward with even higher names. Mm-hmm. It, it's. It's interesting to see where it might go because we already saw it go to Wellington, potentially. We don't know who else might be compromised. We don't know. At this point, it's just a theory coming from Saul and uh, the conversation that Saul and Carrie had about a potential Russian information warfare. Mm -hmm. So we don't know. He Saul made sure to throw it out there that it's just a theory. Yeah, that is true. But I, I, I don't know. It feels like it's right. Well, obviously, right? yeah. Again, Unless we're being played again. No, again, Saul's very meticulous. Saul knows how to work the work the bureaucracy in D.C. Oh, gosh. And so, you know, he's going to make sure that he doesn't 
he doesn't strike too soon because if he does that, you potentially ruin the whole thing. And then if it is true, now there's nothing to stop it. And, and we saw how difficult it is to try to even get a warrant for things like that. Yeah, no, Saul does everything by the book, which is good. Um, before Carrie even goes to Saul, though, like she still sort of bounces ideas back and forth with Max. Poor Max. <laughs> Poor Max. <laughs> he like somehow has did hitch his wagon to carry and it's just been there since season one. She's been there since season one, right? Doing all the dirty business. Oh my god. But um so he kind of floats the idea of, you know, maybe they know they're being watched. Um Wellington and um Simone. Um and she's just like, no, I really don't think so. But then there was that moment where she kind of looked into the camera um at early in the episode. That's right. So I don't know. Maybe that was just like in our heads, but for sure, we know that Wellington is clueless. We don't know how much this woman, Simone, knows. I mean, obviously, she's working for someone else. Maybe the Russians. Who knows? It's, um, it's, she's definitely working for someone, and we don't know the end game. And we had the whole dinner table scene where he goes to confront her, and he's like, what the hell's happening? Yeah. And then you see the the woman in the background take a picture of him kind of grabbing her arm. It was arm. planted. It was so planted. And it again, it's scary that it's gotten to that level. This is the chief of staff of the U.S. You can't get any higher than that before the president and the vice president. This is a gatekeeper to those people. It's scary that it's that high up. I mean, it feels very um, just meticulous and like organized. They knew that... He was probably going to show up. She purposely was like, no, I don't want to talk to you. Okay, let's go over here right in front of this person with a cell phone, and this is going to get released. And then, um, you know, Saul, this episode, also recruits two new people to do this special task force that he's doing after his conversation with Carrie. Um, But in their conversation, um, they start talking about all the different um, bots in social media and how when they retweet something, when they respread something out, there's real people that are sharing it, but the initial, like, um, sources of all of this stuff are, like, not verified accounts or they're fake or... And they're all doing it, like, systematically. Yeah, and this is where the show connects back to O'Keefe in the beginning of the season. Because, I, 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 you know, an argument you can make about the show is that we started off with that O'Keefe storyline, and then we've completely deviated away from that. But again, I mean, if we look at it from the context of even today's politics, it's all connected one way or another. The misinformation that is being sent out through those red mm-hmm. dots that's being spread out, that's the information that's going out to all the voters and to all the rural areas where O'Keefe has a big influence. And you keep per- perpetuating this image of America just falling apart and America having a corrupt government. And so that I think that was really cool to see that image. Um, you're right. They had the little red dot and then mm-hmm. it connects to like... It, it goes from the red dot, which is the fake, the fake, uh, the bot. And then from there, the green people that grab onto that are the real users. And that's when you start having problems. I think they said each dot was a thousand people. So that that's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and they're probably believing everything that they're sharing or they don't realize that it's manipulated or there's an agenda and so forth. Or at least it's being thrown out there. Like, not... You might not necessarily be convincing people, but you might be changing the narrative. You're doing something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as soon as you see a video of the chief of staff kind of looking like he's grabbing, you know, a woman um, and she's, you know, upset and alert and storming off, 
even if you don't know what happened a couple seconds before, you already have a picture in your head. And next time he tells you something, you might not believe it. Exactly. And then that's where the credibility of the administration goes, yada, yada. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and so, so it all stems back to this conversation with Carrie and Saul, right? Which was great. Um, it's I, I feel like their dynamic is always so fun to watch. Um, and so she, she starts feeding him all of the stuff that's <laughs> happening. And with every piece of information, Saul's just like, really? Really? But I mean, he knows he knows her and he knows exactly what she gets into. And she was like, oh, you know, I know for sure that this isn't true because I've been watching him. And he's on like, on whose authority? Like, he just catches her at every single thing. Um, she's unraveling. And, oh my gosh, I just feel like that scene just made me think Saul is so smart. He connects it so quickly. He was like, well, where did you get the information about the parking ticket from? And where did you get this information from? And who even started this whole idea in your head? And all signs point back to Dante. And <laughs> Freaking Dante. The look on Carrie's face <laughs> when she starts to realize all of this is priceless. That's a good Carrie face. I love a Carrie freak out face. Because like it's like, ah. Oh. She's processing everything. Like, oh my gosh, how have I been so blind to see this? Oh my gosh, he's been playing me. Oh my gosh, I just like put, you know, you know, potentially the administration of this country at risk because I, you know, just didn't see what was in front of me. I I, I feel like I'm not gonna lie, the fact that <laughs> this show has struggled at times in various seasons mm-hmm. with some of the writing to keep up. Uh, storyline wise sometimes I'm like oh okay maybe that was kind of a weaker episode okay maybe like you know they should have done this or that but then they do this and I'm like wait was all of that planned was it like or, like whatever they did whatever they did they... I feel like it was I know right it all makes sense even Simone's parking ticket like how convenient was it that like <laughs> you know the the day before you know the this big potential assassination yeah, of this yeah. treasonous general and she might have been involved with some she happens to get a parking ticket all of it makes sense now it was probably set up for her to get caught so that she could testify against Wellington and bring down the administration. They tied it in so well. And you're right. Finally seeing Carrie with Saul was was great. The dynamic they have has always been special in this show because he he almost feels like a father figure to her and she's his wayward daughter who never learns <laughs> wayward daughter that's that that's that's their deal i don't think carrie is a good leader i think she's too spastic i don't think she knows how to lead properly but i think she has good instincts a lot of the times and she's very driven definitely so to have someone like her work under saul once you have that team it's a great team to have and so that was that was great that was a nice dynamic i think she definitely has great instincts i think they they, it's like she has a blind spot, though, for, like, the wrong people. <laughs> for reason. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes she has good instincts, but sometimes, like, oh, my gosh, she couldn't be more off. And so they kind of split. He's like, you know what? You have to stay away from this. Like, you're heated. You're mad. Because she was just like, oh, man, I want to go F up Dante. And he's just like, let me take care of this. You need to chill. And, of course, she's not going to chill. She's Carrie. He knows this. And and potentially, she could be labeled a traitor to the to the United States. Like he, Saul, unknowingly though, unknowingly. But Saul is like, you know, you're you're meddling. You're 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 getting together with this potential asset of Russia that could potentially harm the, the United States, and you're right in the middle of it, and you're helping him. Yeah, unknowingly. But then you're gonna have to prove that if it does come to push. It's 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 interesting to see her 
realize that she herself might be betraying her country yeah. in that instance. And I think it's interesting just to see how different both Carrie and Saul operate. You know, he starts recruiting people, um, the professor and um, that young tech guy, you know, yeah, and they yeah. work out of an office and they're doing things very by the book, but still like secretive and smart and carries people like they're just all at bars and they're <laughs> living like getting drunk on their trailer. We still don't really know everyone's backstory. And it's just weird, like the different tina- the dynamics of the different like task force they assemble. And that's funny. Like the minute that she finds out that maybe Dante is in the Dante that she knows, she tells the rest of the crew, hey. Let's go and inspect on him. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Have we made sure that those guys know, aren't Russian assets? Like, what are you doing? Like, I, calm down. I mean, exactly. So Saul's so just like, stay away. First thing Carrie does is, let me tell my whole crew. <laughs> let's set up this whole operation where we get him drunk. I kind of seduce him. Get him back to his place. Um, drug him. Make him pass out. And then, you know, we'll search the place. Because that's all... That's the smart move, right? She works off of instincts. Oh, my gosh. And then, yeah, that whole scene with her and Dante at the bar. Very, you know, reminiscent of season one. Her and Brody. um, Her trying to play the little flirty game. I don't know. I just feel like she's so obvious when she does it. But maybe she's not. I don't know. I think we just know her at this point. We know when she's not, when she's trying to play this little role. I was trying to remember. I, I'm pretty sure she even tried to seduce Saul in episode one. Like, the very first episode of Home. It was Life. more like a flirty, like, move. <laughs> she doesn't go all the way. But yeah, that's kind of like her go-to, that's her go-to. arsenal <laughs> trick. Um, so they get back to her his place. And then, you know, kind of heavy kissing before he crashes out on the couch. And she opens the door. And then the whole task comes in. And that's when you're just like, man, Carrie. And, um... And, and so, yeah, that's kind of where the episode six wraps is with them going through a bit of a cliffhanger. Apartment. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was that that whole setup was just like, you know, of course, Carrie's going to go do crazy things that could still <laughs> possibly further jeopardize what's already been going on. But of course. Yeah. And again, I think the highlight of this episode was seeing the, the, the group get back together in some form or fashion. You know, from all the original characters, yeah, Max was there from the beginning. But really, I think it's down to Saul and Carrie. Like, everyone else either died or they disappeared. And so... Or it, got screwed over. Or and, got screwed over. I don't know. <laughs> at some point. Um, okay, cool. So before we jump into episode seven, I want to let all of you guys know about a fantastic new podcast we have here. It's called Conversations with Maria Menunos. And um, so she is our AfterBuzz TV founder. And so she covers a whole bunch of topics on this podcast. Um, Celebrity and influencer interviews, um, secrets and tips on, you know, just how to improve all kinds of aspects in life, health and wellness, your relationships, career, finances. Um, She sort of like has a lot of knowledge and experience on all of these different topics. So that's what makes it such an interesting podcast. So if you go to iTunes and you subscribe to Conversations with Maria Menounos, you can find it. um, It drops every Friday. And um, make sure to check it out and leave your comments and let Maria know it was us who sent you there. Yeah, she's a big sister you want to have in this industry. You know, she's been around... uh, ultimately mm-hmm. becoming the, the best entertainment reporter out there. And it, it's it's great to have someone there to advise you on the entertainment industry, yeah. on on the ins and outs of stuff like that. Because it's it's not easy sometimes. You, you There's a fine balance in Hollywood sometimes dealing with entertainment and how to cover it properly and when to do this, when to do that. And I, there's no better person to go to than Maria. So 
Yes. That's great. Check it out. Absolutely. Conversations with Maria Menounos. Yeah. All right. So episode seven, Adante. Adante. Picks kind of right up where episode six left off, where they're going through his place and um, trying to find out, you know, what he's up to. But they don't get much because he kind of wakes up. And looks around and he sees that guy and he's just like, hey, and then he just kind of crashes back out on the couch. But they move out pretty quickly so as to not potentially get caught a second time. Are we assuming that he does not remember that? I mean, they sort of proceed with the episode that he doesn't. But I mean, I don't know. It's very possible that he just fell back asleep so he could listen in on what they were going to do. He saw like straight in his face. He's mm-hmm. like, he, he's looking at him. Going. But there's also <laughs> been some times where you kind of wake up and you open your eyes and you crash back out. So who knows? Maybe they'll reveal it later. I kind of do think though that he purposely like went back to sleep, but he was awake. And if he truly is, the, the assumption from them going in there is that he might be a potential Russian asset. Mm-hmm. He has to know that this was the game plan, right? Like, I feel like I, I almost don't buy that he was truly knocked out. Because we still don't know what knocked exactly. him out. Exactly. Well, I mean, the episode starts with Carrie still trying to play him. And by the end of the episode, it's kind of like, well, no, he's also playing yeah. Carrie. It's a little more than just setting her up. It seems like it's personal. I don't know, some kind of vendetta. And it goes back to your theory that you mentioned last time where you said they paralleled each other. Yeah. I thought it was very interesting because they both really do act very similar to each other. And part of the storyline that we get in this episode is that he did not like the way that he was treated in his Mm -hmm. own situation when he was stationed in Kabul. And the way that he saw Carrie treated when she was dealing with her own stuff, he did not like the, the, the different scenarios there. And so it's interesting to see because who knows how she might have acted if she was if the roles were switched so i almost feel like they both are still very similar even from the very beginning of this episode to the very end there it's like watching the same person i do hope that they eventually let us know a little bit more motive of why maybe he specifically targeted carrie i felt like the bitterness and resentment that he got in trouble over a situation and she didn't get in trouble over a separate situation, it seemed a little bit of a weak explanation for me. So I hope there's something more to that. We'll see. It's funny because as the episode went on, it did, this is starting to feel very Brody 2.0. Like, it it really is. Because even Brody's thing was he came back and he didn't like the way they were treating the people that had captured him. Yeah. You know, so... I, I if if the explanation is that he uh Dante didn't like the 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 way he was treated compared to Carrie uh when she was carrying out drone strikes. If that's the case, I don't know if that's related to his overall mission of being a Russian asset or maybe just like Brody, he turned. Because that's what happened with Brody. Mm-hmm. You know, Brody didn't like the way things were, and so he kind of he turned on America. Like he eventually turned on the people that he was supposed to be defending. So if if this is what happened with Dante, yeah, we're back to the same old. I feel like Dante's situation is not going to be this as similar to Brody's. I feel like it's going to be maybe more of a situation like Allison's was when she was with Saul because, you know, she was working within um, a government agency and then sort of um, slowly taking them down. I don't feel like her storyline showed like a real like moral allegiance to her side. Whereas like, I feel like Brody was like his whole psyche and personality and faith and belief system was shaken, which is why he turned. That's a good Um, point. Again, hopefully we know more. more, I can't speak. Hopefully we learn more. But I do feel like 
right now on the surface, it kind of feels like Dante's just being kind of petty. (laughs) Petty Um, Dante. But let's back up a little bit. Okay, so um, in the episode, uh, so Saul essentially recruits one of Carrie's people onto his team and brings Max aboard. We, um, we really are back to typical homeland, aren't Max we? Max really doesn't have a choice in this. It was kind of, I actually thought this episode was interesting. So Max goes home to his apartment, and all of a sudden, like, he's just, like, kidnapped. <laughs> this guy, like, covers his mouth. It's very intimidating. And Saul just walks in there like a mob boss. He walked in he was straight like, up. Vince I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. And this is what's going to happen. And, and don't lie. I know everything. Carrie told me everything. And Max is just like, well, he shit. Had, he had, he had that strut going in. Like, he was Dang, like... I kind of uh, like that. Good job, Saul. Coming in there handling business. And then um, Max is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she told you. Like, oh. And then Saul's just like, she didn't just come and tell me. She brought me her problem to fix because she can't fix it. And he has a point. He really does. Yeah. And, and again, Carrie is always very lucky with the people that she ends up with because in anyone else's hands, I mean, and he threatened. She really is so lucky that Saul's on her side and hasn't put her in jail for a lot of things by now. Yeah, and Saul threatened Max, telling him, you know, I could put you in jail and mm-hmm. tell them this is the worst thing since 9-11. Mm-hmm. I feel like he could easily do that to Carrie. So the fact that she has someone like Saul, she's very lucky. Yeah, and I think Saul just, I mean, I'm sure he has every intention to do it, but really it's just to keep Max in line. Because obviously Max is very loyal to Carrie, um, but he was just like, you're going to do the same thing you're doing now, but you're going to do it in my office, under my watch. Um, you want internet? Okay, you get your internet, but... <laughs> Don't you even try to screw me over. Oh, son, you're going to get it. It was just, it felt very, like, mob boss Saul, even though, like, you know, he's still doing everything above what, I mean, for the most part, unlike Harry. But it just felt very just like, I'm taking charge. You're going to listen, little boy. It's baller Saul. Very baller Saul. I like that. And I think, I, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like Max always reminds me of Quinn. All the time. They kind of have this, they, they kind of look the same. They look kind of look like brothers. I don't think they look the same. You don't same. think so? They get, they, there's something about him that just reminds me. It might just be his. There's a in- sympathetic aspect. I, that might be it. I feel like you feel empathy anytime you see him. And I feel like that's why we all loved Quinn. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you have those characters interact with Carrie, it makes us empathize with Carrie. So then when you see someone like Max be caught up in this, you're like, don't, don't. Like, don't hurt Max. It's. I think it's interesting because you're right. Although the situation with Quinn was he didn't start off that way when he first met Carrie. You know, he was very almost arrogant. You know, I know what I'm doing. Like, Carrie, And then he (laughs) later kind of turned into Carrie's little puppy. Um, And then I feel like Max kind of always has been. He doesn't really ever challenge her. He really always, like, whatever she says, he kind of just does. So... I don't know. If That's true. That's of, a yeah. I don't know if they'll ever explore that later, but it is kind of strange. Or maybe she's the only one who calls him for work. I don't know. <laughs> no one else wants to hire Max. But then it's also like we know Carrie is bankrupt or not bankrupt. Sorry, we know that she's like in debt a lot. I, I still don't get how her credit cards are being declined, so she's probably not paying Max. So what is Max's motivation? That's in true. All I keep forgetting this? that. You're right. She 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 is broke. Yeah. She's worked for all these great high tech firms. She worked for the CIA. She should have a pension. I don't know where all her money went, but she doesn't have any money and so you're right like surveillance cameras or all these crazy operations who the hell's paying max you're right like poor max max just follows carrie's lead yeah. I want to pay attention to him. Yeah, more. I think. I hope one day they really do explore. I mean, I don't want it to be like a Quinn 2.0 where he's just like in love with her. But like, what's going on there? 
Yeah, that'd be an interesting thing because I feel like, especially this episode, I don't want to see him get hurt. And I, 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 I don't think he. I think now that he's under Saul's swing, he's fine. But it's not so much that he's under Saul. I feel like I'm scared for him because he always gets caught up. You know, Carrie is a little messy, and so he's very messy. <laughs> it just scares me to see like. I don't want him to get hurt. And I don't think I'm the only one. I feel like he is an empathetic figure. Mm-hmm. So I'm just worried that something will happen to him. And if that's if if you are going to have something happen to him, at least tell me. If something I'll- ever happens to him and it's Carrie's fault, like, Ugh. that's just another body in her list of people that she gets killed. But let's not think that way. <laughs> that's Moving so on. depressing. So, okay. So uh, Max goes in home <laughs> that morning after their operation and, you know, finds Saul. Carrie goes home and she finds her sister very, very angry. Which is funny because so she's hanging out with all the guys and they're like, oh, you want to get breakfast? And she's like, oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, no. I have to go home because I have a daughter and a life. And I'm not just, you know, single spy Carrie. I have a family that I should at least try to consider. But she doesn't. Like, she goes full, like kind of bratty teen on her sister. Carrie is so frustrating because, you know, we had those episodes several seasons ago where Dara Dahl was threatening her with Mm -hmm. taking away her kid. uh, And then they sent uh, children's services to go and check up on her kid. And the whole time I'm like, all right, guys, like, come on. We should understand her. She works a difficult lifestyle. But then she does stuff like this. And it's like, you know what? Maybe she shouldn't have Franny in her life. I know. I definitely feel like this season has really shown that she's just not a good mother right now. (laughs) She's not. She does not put her daughter as a priority at all. She neglects her a lot. And she really takes for granted her sister who is helping her. And just she literally just talks to her like she's a teenager mad at her mom. Like, obviously, they're going to be upset. You were gone all night. She didn't tell her where she was. And then she she's literally like, well, why don't you just tell her I'm fine? Like, why aren't you just lying to my daughter? Don't you know that, duh, you should be doing that? That was essentially her attitude. She's not in the right state of mind. Like, she literally is showing up, just trying to freak out, trying to see what she does next. And we see that because after that whole, you know, teenage scenario with her, mm-hmm. she takes her, she freaks out, she takes Franny, she closes, she slams the door, she goes to a random motel. Like, she's not thinking right. She doesn't have a plan. She doesn't have anything set up. And, again, I feel like seeing something like that, Franny's getting older. She can no longer get away with saying, oh, I'll tell Franny later, or Franny will be fine. Franny's getting older, and she's gonna end up with a little Dana if she's not careful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just think this episode, throughout the whole um, ordeal, when she finally does take off with Franny, Franny asks a lot of questions. Like, <laughs> I, I was noticing that a lot this episode. Where are we going? Where are we? What are we going to eat? What is a motel? What is this? And then even later when they make it to Dante's apartment, who's the... Like, Franny's <laughs> very curious, and I feel like they made a point to show that she isn't just a little girl that Carrie can ignore. She's very observant. She is absorbing her atmosphere, and it's probably not as easy for her sister if, um, you know, Carrie, or not Carrie, Franny's like, where's my mom? And her sister's like, oh, she's fine. I don't, Franny doesn't seem like she just leaves it alone. She's probably like, well, what do you mean she's fine? Where is she? Uh, when's she coming home? Am I going to see her? Like, she probably asks her sister just as many questions as she was asking Carrie this episode. And so it's not as easy to just lie to her and say, oh, she's fine. And that's what Carrie fails to even consider is that 
you know, her sister shouldn't be the one like handling all of these parenting things and yeah. explaining why her mother is gone. And Carrie, just during that whole argument, doesn't even register that her sister is completely valid and being upset with her. She literally just feels attacked <laughs> and like a little girl goes upstairs, grabs her bag, grabs her daughter and oh, I'm leaving in a huff. Yeah, but it was very unlikable. Oh, and put yourself in her sister's in her sister's shoes. Like, not only do you have to explain to Franny where potentially your mother might have gone, yeah, but you know your mother also has potential uh, mental issues. Your mother has unemployment issues. I actually, she probably doesn't <laughs> yeah. even know where she works. Like, it, there's so much to explain there. And not only that, I don't know, I might not remember exactly, but I don't even know if she knows the whole backstory behind her dad. You're right. I don't think anybody does. They made a point of showing her asking a lot of questions. Those questions are going to start coming up. Who's my dad? Like, what? what's going on? Yep. And so the more that that happens, Carrie needs to be careful in making sure that if she... She she bases her life based on this adrenaline drive that she has yeah. to just chase after things, and I don't think that's a good that's a good mentality to take home. I don't think she ever leaves that behind. She always takes it home, and I don't know if that's a proper way to raise Franny. Yeah, it. She's just not like I said. She's not making her a priority, and. Um, even so they go to the hotel because she doesn't have a plan and her card gets declined because she has no money. And then her f- fake alias card, you know, raises red flags. So they're in the <laughs> car and Franny's asking questions and Carrie can't be bothered with questions. So she snaps at her. Franny starts crying. And then she gets a call from Dante. And in my head, I was like, you know, you don't have to answer that. And she just leaves Franny in the car and starts having a conversation with Dante over the phone. And it's something small, but that just felt so dismissive of her own daughter who was just upset but right now, you're more upset. So you're trying to, like, figure out what's my next move with Dante and, you know, how can I, you know, maybe get some more information. I don't know. It's yeah. just like you're still, like, completely ignoring this child of yours. And um, so, I mean, essentially, she gets an invitation to stay at Dante's place, which is where they go. What? <laughs> what? Um, he like, starts, what? <laughs> he starts making pancakes with her. Again, that's kind of weird. Okay, another unusual man, and we're just at his house. It's not only weird, like, again, not only, like, she's obsessed with things. She can't bother to just calm down and notice what's rational and what's not rational. She is just obsessed with a certain mission in her head, and that's what she goes with. And she's so obsessed with it that when she gets the call from Dante, okay, that's annoying. But then you you go, you accept the offer, and now you have someone that Saul told you might be working for Russia trying to bring down the government, mm-hmm. and he's making pancakes with your daughter. Yeah. You're insane, Carrie. You're insane. It sucks because it, it, it comes into this, like, blurry line of she probably thinks, oh, I'm using him. You know, I'm going to make him feel sorry for me, and he's going to think he's rescuing me, and I'm actually just going to get back into the apartment. But then it's also like, no, I do feel like a part of Carrie does have feelings for him because she always likes the bad guy who could be a potential traitor, obviously. (laughs) Um, And she does need to be rescued right now because she doesn't have a place to stay and she's too stubborn to apologize to her sister. So, again, it blurs from where I feel like she's trying to convince herself that this is part of her mission. But, no, she's also in a personal crisis right now and she's just making herself 
I don't know, more vulnerable. But see, even I don't even buy that anymore. I feel like we've always given her the benefit of the doubt that, oh, you know, things are murky, things are gray, and sometimes she falls in love with guys that might betray the country. Realistically, I, I don't think she's rational. I don't even think she realizes... Well, I agree, she's not rational. But I don't even think that she thinks that she's playing him. I think she actually falls for these people, and she's like, huh... I could I dig this Dante guy right now. I, there's nothing else to signify to me that she's thinking anything else but Dante's hot. Like she's ridiculous at points. <laughs> I mean, so as soon as Dante leaves though, she is like snooping around his house. <laughs> so obviously she does still have the uh, mission in mind. Yeah. And then um curious Franny comes across his old photo album of him and his ex-wife and then starts bringing up these questions like, oh, well, why is he not with her? Why did they split up? And then Carrie's like, oh, well, that's a good point. Let me go find out. So she literally (laughs) just goes to his ex-wife's job and starts asking her questions, posing um, as someone who's going to potentially give him a new job. Um, She goes under the alias Karen, which was the same one, for her fake credit card that got turned down at the motel. Um, And she gets a couple of information, some interesting nuggets from the ex-wife. One, he was not an alcoholic. She was definitely, or she's not, bipolar. And he was very bitter after, you know, being um, reprimanded after the situation in Kabul. And he obviously had some deep-rooted resentment against her personally. Yeah, that was a big reveal. Also, I just realized that right now. Yeah, she said that he doesn't drink. And at the time, I was like, ooh. But then, isn't that how she got him to knock out? Well, yeah, no, he drinks. But he said that they had broken up because he drank too much. But, I mean, he Hmm. he was still drinking. Okay. Um... This, this guy and this just, is the guy who, you know, she is essentially trusted to look over her medications. And even in, like, I don't know if this is this oh, episode right, or the episode right. before, um, where right before she finds out that he could potentially be playing her, he's all, like, concerned, like, you know, have you seen a doctor? You really should check out a doctor. Are you on your medications? You shouldn't be getting pills from the back of a trunk. Like, this was the guy who was entrusted with her mental health, and he was just playing her the whole time. Like, feeding her, oh, yeah, my ex-girlfriend was bipolar. Oh, you know, she had nieces. It's all just tailored to make Carrie, you know, feel more comfortable or attracted to him, whatnot. Um, And... I don't know, maybe he targeted her because he was especially... So the ex-wife says that he was bitter, that after, you know, she dropped a drone on a wedding party and got all these innocent people killed, she wasn't punished. And for some other unrelated incident, he was punished. Yeah. Again, like I mentioned, it feels like a weak connection for him to be so mad at her. You know, oh, someone else didn't get in trouble, but I did, even though it, it doesn't seem like they were related. Again, hopefully we learn more and maybe somehow he was directly involved with something she did. I feel like they were trying to connect it back to that season and say, ooh, like... But I feel like if there was a connection... Wouldn't the ex-wife know? Because it seemed like he did tell her a couple of stuff. Well, the wife called him afterwards, right? So who knows? I mean, they're still friends, right? Yeah, so yeah. later he confronts her and he's like, oh, why, why'd you go visit her? Because she was mad at him because he stopped at her sister's place. <laughs> um, they're both snooping on each other. They're playing sky, like, this little flirty spy game yeah. with each other. Flirty spy games. 
Yeah. That should have been the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so Dante goes to Carrie's sister's house, and um, I think he makes her feel a little bit better. Like, oh, okay, at least I know they have a roof over their head right now. And this guy seems kind of stable. I think she's trusting a little too much right away. She just lets him come inside and then lets him go to Carrie's room to search for this little bunny. But again... We're not spies. We don't think like this. So, you know, if a fellow coworker of yours came and you mentioned him before, I'd be like, all right. Well, no, she hadn't mentioned him. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, she hadn't mentioned. Oh, well, then, yeah, she's a low trust. Oh, yeah, that's right. I wouldn't let just some guy <laughs> uh, that's who a good claims point. to know Carrie to come in and get pretty in there. That's a good point. Oh, I, I, you're, she specifically said that. When, yeah. I mean, he did say, oh, Carrie told me about your blow up. So she probably felt some level of like, well, she must have told him that. But that was still kind of like, it was much. She was relieved to hear that she was possibly working with him. But, I don't know. And the fact that he came and said, they're safe in my house, if anything, that's probably the selling point. She was like, oh, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Not. (laughs) Not. So in Carrie's um, room, he finds like a LinkedIn printout of him that she had, like buried a, 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 a... Buried under all of this stuff. And that was kind of the only thing. Not super incriminating. Um, but then later, you know, they sort of have this argument like, you know, why, what what were you doing there? Oh, I thought you would appreciate this. No, what were you doing here? And it was, it goes from like kind of flirty and angry and and then they just go all out. <laughs> I want to see how you describe this. <laughs> I had a good description, right? <laughs> this eventually turns into hate sex. That's what that's what happened. We witnessed some hate sex. I don't know if there was hate there, but oh, it sucks because like uh, I don't. It, it's kind of like distrust. Distrust sex. Yes. All right. Um, but like Franny's in the next room. You know, again, she just no, put her to bed, and then Carrie makes a comment like, "Oh, she can sleep through anything." This episode frustrated me with the people that we trust because, again, someone like Carrie knows that he might be working for uh, uh, for Russia and mm-hmm. trying to attack America in one way or another, and yet she's like, "Screw it, I kind of like this guy." We see President Keene get a resignation letter from her chief of staff, yeah. and we see that there might have been a spark there in the past. And this is a guy who called in the the mission against her yep. will mm-hmm. and then she, she's still like no i really need you everyone that we're trusting everyone that we want to make good decisions they're making terrible decisions you, yeah. you could even take it back to saul the way he handled o'keefe yeah the, the, everyone that we want to root for if 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 you're someone that's work that's living in this society and these are the public officials that you're seeing on your tv you're probably rooting for them and you're hoping they're making the best decisions and they're not making they the, are trying oh god i think i think Saul really is trying. I even though I was still really mad at Wellington for making that um, that assault call. I think he is trying, and I think in this episode when he handed in his resignation, he really was trying to put Keene first. Um, but yeah, I think what bothered me more about the exchange with Dante and Carrie was that like when he starts asking her like, "Well, what did why did you go see her? What did she tell you? And then what did she tell you? And then what did she tell you?" And she just sort of spills the beans. <laughs> It's like, come on, Carrie. Don't let him shake you down. And it's embarrassing. Right before, like, as they're, you know, getting it on, right before Saul and his team come in and, like, you know, arrest. I feel like she was about to tell him 
what she thought. Yeah, they stopped it right there. That's funny. That whole scene reminded me of the hotel scene with Brody and Carrie. Yeah. I I seriously thought Saul was going to come in and be like, you're a traitor to America. You're, <laughs> you're a traitor to your country. Like, oh. I, I imagine that whole scene playing in my head. That's why, like, when she kept, because at first I was like, maybe Carrie, I still root for her to still be kind of under control. But then as she's still slowly spilling everything, I'm like, Carrie, <laughs> you don't got this. You no. don't got this at all. Ah. Uh. But, I mean, so, yeah, the episode ends with Saul storming into the place. They arrest Dante. You know, poor Franny walks in, and she's like, what's going on? Here's my half-naked mom and this naked man getting arrested, and there's all of these agents. Your mother put you in danger, and your mother was about to spill the beans to Russia. Your mother's a terrible person, Franny. Oh, my gosh. That is kind (laughs) of true. But, anyway, very good episode. So, let's get into predictions. (laughs) And now... What what instrument is this? I don't know. A synthesizer? Oh. I don't know. A flute? Oh, a what? A theremin. A theremin, guys. I've never heard of this. That's cool. Um, All right, so we talked a lot today about Carrie Bad Mom. And (laughs) in the preview, it looks like her sister is going to go after custody of Franny, as she should. Yeah, I feel like it's time. We've delayed this because we hope for the best for our girl, Carrie. We've had enough. I agree. I, I hope her sister goes and just, and it's going to hurt Carrie, and she's going <laughs> to cry, and she's going to get upset. But you know what? She really doesn't like need to have custody of her daughter for, I would say, at least a year, because she literally does not put her as a priority at all. Franny is literally an afterthought to her. And someone like that probably would be better off with someone else. I think everyone would be better off. You're right. After Brandy a year would or two, be very good with her sister in a stable home. Yeah. And you know, when Carrie decides she wants to be a mom, that's what I'm predicting. If not for the next episode, then coming soon, I expect a court trial where we see Carrie break down trying to save her daughter. I don't know if we'll see. I feel like we saw a little bit of that last season. We with did. The whole court. I think maybe they'll just. <laughs> just <laughs> okay, that's it. You lost her. <laughs> Especially if you know if her sister w- does make a claim, like coming from someone close. I feel like wouldn't a court hold that very like. Uh, that, that turns into legal questions, but uh, I'm um, hoping that it does. Uh, either way, Carrie seems more, you know, involved, uh, kind of like focused on trying to interrogate Dante in the next episode. And you see previews of her telling Saul, no, no, you know, I can make him crack. No, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. And we're back to a cabin, it seems, which again, I'm sorry, the, the Brody 2.0 connections are starting to come in. I know. Oh, I want to mention, uh, we didn't talk about this too much, but yeah, with the whole Wellington and Keene thing, that scene where she confronts him about the whole resignation letter, yeah, it kind of looks like maybe they have like some love there. There's all these sparks. There's an attraction. They've never acted on it, but maybe they both feel it. Um, maybe we'll see something come to fruition at some point in this season with oh. them too. I would like that. Yeah. I would like that. Um, well, that was fun. Yeah, that Roger, was great. where can the good people find you? <laughs> All right. My name's Roger, and uh, obviously, and you can find me on Twitter, Roger underscore Corral. All right. And I am Leslie. You can catch me at Leslie the Face on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you guys so much for watching, and uh, tune in again next week. Catch you later. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.